You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rouse Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good morning. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first. Very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, man. Man, what's crack a lacking, baby? What's crack a lacking? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. Pressure is rising on the UK government over Brexit and whether to hold a second referendum. The government remains opposed to another referendum, and British Prime Minister Theresa May is criticizing her predecessor, Tony Blair, for calling for one. The BBC's Chris Mason. For so long, the campaign for another referendum seemed to many a hopeless cause, but its advocates sense their opportunity. If there isn't a majority in Parliament for anything other than opposing no deal, offering the people the chance to decide is a potential route out of deadlock. But to the Prime Minister, this would be to abdicate responsibility. She claims that Tony Blair's call for another public vote is an insult to the office he once held. She adds that I have never lost sight of my duty, and that is to deliver on the referendum result. Negotiators from nearly 200 countries have agreed on the next steps to advance the 2015 Paris Climate Accord. Two weeks of talks in Poland have led to new rules governing efforts to cut emissions and stem global warming. However, officials delayed decisions on other key issues. Transportation Security Administration curtailing its controversial Quiet Skies program in Pierre Shannon Van Zandt The TSA says it has stopped armed undercover marshals from following passengers through baggage claims and compiling extensive reports on people in airports who are not acting suspiciously. The decision 
followed a series in the Boston Globe reporting that federal air marshals were spying on thousands of flyers who had never been a suspect of a crime or on any terrorist watch list. Targeted passengers included a star WNBA player and people who were spied on only because they had recently traveled to Turkey. The agency says it will continue to monitor some travelers, but will not collect as many details about them. Shannon Van Sant, NPR News. The family of a seven-year-old girl who died after being apprehended by U.S. Customs and Border Protection is disputing accounts of the days leading up to her death. Valerie Falk from member station KRWG reports. Jacqueline Kaufman died less than 48 hours after she and her father were detained in a remote part of New Mexico. Early reports claim she had not eaten or drunk water for several days. Ruben Garcia directs the El Paso shelter where Jacqueline's father is staying and read a family statement disputing those claims. Jacqueline's father took care of Jacqueline, made sure she was fed and had sufficient water. She and her father sought asylum for Border Patrol as soon as they crossed the border. She had not suffered from a lack of water or food prior to approaching the border. The family has retained lawyers and is calling for a thorough investigation into Jacqueline's death. For NPR News, I'm Mallory Falk in El Paso. This is NPR. Coming up next on The Serious Side. And we begin this morning with new uncertainty over the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare, and the health care coverage of millions of Americans. Late Friday night, a federal judge in Texas ruled the law unconstitutional. In his first interview since being sentenced to three years in federal prison, Michael Cohen is firmly disputing President Trump's allegation that he is lying and simply trying to embarrass the president. First of all, it's absolutely not true. Um, I did not do it to embarrass the president. He knows the truth. I know the truth. Many people know the truth. Under no circumstances do I want to embarrass the president of the United States of America. The truth is, I told the truth. I took responsibility for my actions. And instead of him taking responsibility for his actions, what does he do? He attacks my family. Basically, he says, his claim, uh, you're lying about him to protect your wife, to protect your father. Inaccurate. He knows the truth. I know the truth. Others know the truth. And here is the truth. The people of the United States of America, the people of the world, don't believe what he's saying. Well, this next story is pretty devastating. CBS News has confirmed a seven-year-old Guatemalan girl died last week while in Border Patrol custody. Jacqueline Call and her father were among a group of migrants who turned themselves in at the border to Border Patrol agents last week. Eight hours later, the seven-year-old girl started to have seizures. She was airlifted to a hospital. She died less than 24 hours later from dehydration and shock. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show with Kathleen William, Mr. Jerome Esprit, and Mr. L.E.S. Now here is your host, J. Ryle. Let's 
Good Sunday morning to you folks. Today is December 16th, 2018. You're tuned to the serious side of the J-Rod Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS Radio Network, online radio. And it's best like the man said. I'm Jay Ralph. Thank you so much for spending a portion of your Sunday with us as we enter into the Christmas season. Hope everyone's having a wonderful time so far buying all that, buying all those Christmas gifts and spending all that money. But as always, I'm never here by myself. Let me introduce you to uh, my esteemed colleagues. First up, she has been somewhat out of bounds doing her thing, traveling all over this beautiful country of ours. But we are so happy for her to be back in the house. Let's say good morning to the very lovely Miss Kathleen Williams. Good morning, Kathleen. How are you? Oh, thank you so much, and I'm so happy to be back in the house, too. Thank you for receiving me back. I've missed you all, and happy... Oh, my goodness. Look at that. (laughs) We missed you, too. Wow. Sending beautiful pictures. Just wrote it in our face. Why don't you? But we're glad you're back. So... uh, (laughs) Thank you so much for being oh, in the house. I hope you had a wonderful time. I'm like, dang, they just like left No, no, no. I wasn't going to answer. I'm like, I'm mad. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay, we we doing that now. Okay. <laughs> okay. But it's good for you to be back. I'm so happy that you're back as well. The lady who's really stepped up, who's become that voice that women or people love to hear from. Let's say good morning to the very lovely Vanessa Mae Belly from the Macanelli. Hey, Vanessa, how you good doing? Morning. Good morning, Big Sis. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Good morning, Miss Kathleen. Hey, my sister. Good morning. How are you? I was I, I couldn't feel your shoes, Miss Kathleen. I couldn't feel them, but I was trying. <laughs> <laughs> You fill her shoes in your own unique way, <laughs> and we love it. So thank you, thank you, thank you. She got it. She's under control. She's trying to make it light. She knows she's got it going on. And the man who gets the first and last word around here, the man who really runs everything, and this join us, the one and only Mr. L.E.S. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, Jay. Good morning, Nessa, and good morning, Soror. Good morning, Fred. Good morning. And good morning, honorary Fred. <laughs> hey, there you go. Hey. That's what I'm talking about. Wow. wow. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for making me a part of that. And thank you so much, America, for allowing us and people all over the world, allowing us to spend a portion with you regardless of what time it is in your particular part of the world. We thank you for that. Our dear friend and colleague, Jerome Esprit, usually joins us after his uh, commitment with Clear Channel Radio. Of course, the resident texters in the house, Johnny D., We'll hear from him as well. If he wants to get in, he can press one. We'd love to hear his voice this morning. All right, the number is 347 But before we get started, we have to have a moment of silence because this morning yes. we experienced the death of a dear, 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 dear friend and an important part of this show. It has been here since the very beginning. And it was just a shock this morning when I got the news. And the news this morning is that my computer that has been running the serious side since its inception died this morning. <laughs> oh, my God. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I'm, well, Mr. Elias, I was going to bring that up. But you know what? Listen, uh, matter of fact, why don't you go ahead and uh, you're right. Why don't you go ahead and bring that up, Mr. Elias, uh, because you're right about that, of course, as always. Fame legendary singer Nancy Wilson died uh, Friday, right. I believe it was. Yeah, yeah man. my oh, mother. Was, 
That was One of my mother's favorite singers, man. Yes, that was a blow to everybody. Walk on by. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in dedication to her, I, I think I should just sing like a little bit of the lyrics. I think. I mean, no, what do you think? It, I think I should. No, let 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 it let it no? go. Play, I let it go. Let oh it go. come on now, just just a little bit. No, let it go. I want to hear this. No. Hey, if you see me walking down the street and I start to cry each time we meet, walk on by. Hey, that sounded pretty good, Vanessa, huh? You should have walked on by that song, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, my God, what a hater. Wow, just a hater this morning. Oh. <laughs> That's right. She passed away, and I know my mother, my mother. You know, I was introduced to, to Nancy uh, Wilson by my mom, and she used to play her music, and that was one of her favorite artists. So absolutely rest in peace, Nancy Wilson. What just? I mean, we, we lose so many great Americans, and sometimes we need to probably take time out maybe once a month just to kind of recognize who we lost for that month. I think we should do that. But we're so caught up in everything else that we do. It's just a fast-moving situation. First of all, let me apologize. Some of the audio is going to be a little off because because like I said, my dedicated machine that's been here since the inception died this morning. So we had to try to hurry up and get something together so we can have a show. So my apologies, or our apologies, I should say, for the quality of some of the audio. But we'll work to fix that. But in the meantime, we have a show to run. We have a lot to talk about. And this morning, three things are on the table, on the docket this morning. First of all, Obamacare is in trouble. Will the Republicans finally get their wish and destroy Obamacare? Second up, Michael Cohen unplugged. This guy is spilling the beans, and we want to talk about it and see what that means uh, for the 45th president of the United States. And last but certainly not least, we're going to examine what happened to a seven-year-old who died at the border this past week and just a disgusting answer that the DHS uh, secretary gave. Just these people are despicable. It just makes you wonder what type of country do we live in when you hear this type of nonsense. And once again, it's all it's all about not paying attention. They 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 structure these answers for people who are not paying attention to what's actually going on. But we have a lot to get into. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Another um, thing that's going to happen this morning, unfortunately, because my machine that we've been using for like I don't know eight years, it's gone. Um, unfortunately, I will not be able to monitor the social media sites that we monitored throughout the course of the show. I had all this stuff set up. I just hit a button and bring everything up that's not set up this morning. So unfortunately, if you're listening to my voice, which I know you are, um, Chatterbox will be hollow. You can come to the chat room uh, if you like and uh, put your comments there. But uh, until I figure this out, we will not be hearing from our usual suspects uh, through social media. That means the pastor, pastor, I'm sorry, but you do have my personal number, so you can actually send your uh, information to me there, and I can read it on the air. All right, so let's get into it. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. All right, Obamacare is in trouble. A, just, a judge in Texas this week uh, said struck down Obamacare, saying that it was unconstitutional because of the mandates. Mr. Elias, they have been trying to do this for so long, and it looks like, man, it is starting to take place. What say you about what's happening here? And is this something that's going to plague the GOP in 2020? Your thoughts? Oh, oh yes, it is. It's, it's going to definitely plague the GOP. Because if you look and see what was more popular in the last election, it wasn't, it wasn't job creation. It wasn't pay. It was health care. 
because that's the most important thing right now because, you know, our health care system is horrible, man. So for, them, for him to strike this down, he might be out of office next, next time he's running for judge again. So bottom line is, man, look, dude, you cannot play with people's health care. This is a very important factor to a lot of people. You know, my father, my ex-father-in-law used to say, if you got your health, you got it all. And if you don't have any health, you don't have anything, man. Rich people are pay for health. They, they can't, they, you, you can't pay for health. You cannot. If you're dying and you, can, and you cannot get to a doctor, guess what? <laughs> you're, 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 the, the GOP is going to suffer for this one. And, and, and then you look at the, the, their political ass that these clowns are running. They're talking about, well, we're not talking about taking away your Like Scott Walker. And as, as he's suing, <laughs> and, and, and the court says, talking about, we're not talking about taking away pre-existing conditions. Look, man, this is a this is a, a, a political death warrant for them. So I hope they get everything that they hope that they're, they're wishing for. I really do. I'm glad they I'm glad they're getting what they, they what they want. I really am, because it's going to be political suicide for them. You know, Vanessa, here's the thing that really trips me out about all of this. You know, they were running around doing the midterms, like Mr. Elias was saying, talking about, oh, my goodness, we're going to protect, you know, your, uh, we're going to protect your, uh, you know, uh, uh, precondition, uh, pre- precondition, pre-existing conditions, excuse me. We're going to protect this. You know, they realized, they caught on too late that basically, like Mr. Elias mentioned, that the nation was all about looking at, hey, we want to make sure our health care is taken care of. So now they're boasting and bragging about what's going on. President Trump sent out a tweet. You know, once again, same question for you. How is this going to have, do you think it's going to have a long-term effect on the GOP? And and let me say this, two things. One is, a lady at church, I have asthma, y'all, so when my voice sounds like this, it is because my asthma has been acting up. Now, I'm blessed to have decent insurance, but there's a lady that I go to church with, don't know why I go to church, so it's not a big deal. When I go to church, she has asthma and COPD, and she's on an oxygen machine. Her husband got an extremely large settlement, excuse me, from an accident. Do y'all know I had to take her some of my medication Friday because she has no health insurance, and she's not going to see her doctor on these gold card, you know, doctors until January 19th. She was sick as a dog. She was wheezing. She had, you think I have a bad voice. She had no voice. She had no voice. Her asthma was so bad. I just don't understand why they're not making health insurance affordable for people to be able to get it. And, and, and I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get that. The guy at my rent house, they the, the Medicaid like doctors or Medicare like doctors show him you need to go see a um, a heart doctor. He said I'll I don't have any money right now. I'll go see him after Thanksgiving. He's in hospice because he didn't have any insurance. He didn't have three hundred dollars to go to the doctor. Obamacare was too expensive for them to get. I just don't understand what is wrong with America. What is wrong? With the United States, well, when you go over to Europe, they have free health care for everybody. Mm-hmm. It might take you a month to get to the doctor, but at least you can go to one. I just don't understand it. It is so sad. It is so sad. But I'm going to do whatever I can 
to encourage people to vote against those Republicans with all of this stuff about pre-existing conditions. They're not trying to cover pre-existing conditions. And every time they discuss it, the first word out of their mouth is asthma. That's the first word out of their mouth. It will not cover pre-existing conditions like asthma. You know why? Because asthma is a very, very sneaky uh, disease, upper respiratory, where you can die in your sleep. The medications are very, very costly. If I didn't have insurance, I would be up a creek. So I don't understand. I pray for the nation. I do. Because I know two six 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 people. I'm very sorry, passionate. Responds, remarks from, from Vanessa, and I can understand it. You know, let me go to you, Kathleen. Uh, like she said, you know, overseas healthcare is free. I have a friend who's a professional musician. He travels abroad. He got sick overseas, and he was able to get in to see a doctor. He paid that doctor thirty dollars. Uh, and got prescription and and you know and everything that this guy needed. And, you know, keep in mind now. You know, this guy's a prof- professional musician, doesn't have any health care, but he was able to go over there and get taken care of. But if he'd have been in this country, he would have been up a creek. Your thoughts? Um, where was he? Because maybe we all need to get some tickets. But anyway, <laughs> <In> Norway. <laughs> uh, but I, actually, I, I you know I I just want to share with you all. I heard last night, you know, because I've been running around doing final exams and all kinds of stuff. I just heard last night that Obamacare had been struck down as illegal. So I don't know exactly what that means. Um, because I, one thing I do know is that the, the Obamacare has been out, outrageously expensive for people. Um, it's been going up and up and up and up. I think somebody that I know who's trying to get it um, in this last signing season was uh, seeing their insurance double to something like $1,900 a month, so they couldn't afford it anyway. So I, I need you all to tell me what aspect of it. Are they saying the whole thing or the fact that people, people have to have insurance or that will get them fined? What aspect of it did they shoot down? I don't know. Well, what they're saying is is that the uh, the mandate is unconstitutional, and so by saying that the mandate is unconstitutional, that gives them really the uh, that really gives them the ability to say, okay, strike the whole thing down. What Democrats are saying, well, wait a minute, if you're saying that that's the problem, then why not just you know fix that? I mean, why are you striking down the whole law because of one little thing? But you know, this is what exactly. you know. They've been they've been doing forever. I mean, they've been trying to get rid of Obamacare forever in a day. So it's not like this is new stuff, you know. I mean, this is just the way they operate. Republicans have been after Obamacare forever in a day, and so by the Trump administration cutting, you know, Mr. Elias, they cut uh, uh, advertisement. Uh, for the yeah. Obamacare, for the Federal Affordable Care Act, not they cut it ninety percent. You know, so now it's left to others to trumpet the horn saying, hey, you need to get out here and sign up. We just missed the enrollment date. They are doing everything in their power to try to kill this law. And that's not what the president of the United States is supposed to be doing. He is supposed to try to uphold the laws of this nation. And this guy, it's a joke what they're doing. And, and, and I don't understand how they don't see that this is going to be a, the, the demise of them. I don't get it. What were you saying, Kathleen? Yeah, I was going to say, well, uh, to thank you for 
uh, clarifying that because that's the only part of it that I could imagine that they could have struck down, which is the mandate to say people have to have it, right? And they know if they say if people have to have it and they are, you know, people are going, many people, the healthy ones, are probably breathing a sigh of relief that they don't have to pay that $1,900 a month because they couldn't pay it anyway. So, the, you know, folks who can opt out will opt out. But what we're going to see is that the uh, amount of people trying to sign up for Medicaid is going to drastically increase. And you're going, we're going to see exactly the same problems that we were seeing before, which gave rise to Obamacare, which was the fact that, you know, people are going to be uh, going bankrupt because of their health expenses. They're going to be forced onto welfare rolls and then, ask, you know, trying to sign up for Medicare, Medicaid, not Medicare, Medicaid. And so we'll be right back in the same problem again because hospitals cannot turn a sick person away. They can't. So if you go into the emergency right. room, that will, what will happen is that your emergency room becomes your primary care physician, and we'll be right back where we are as far as the deficit goes, and they think they can hide behind it because it's not upfront and personal, right? So people are not thinking about the fact that hospitals are going out of business, and that's the cycle that we saw right before Obamacare. All of the hospitals and predominantly minority black Latino communities were closed. Then they were taken over by these big conglomerates, and then, beca- and then they start the gentrification. It's a vicious cycle all over again. So people have to wake up. You know, this is just like you were saying, Jay, people have to wake up. And Vanessa was saying, we, can't, we have to monitor these folks and make sure that what they're trying to do under, under cover Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely correct about that. It's uh, 26 minutes after the hour. You're listening to the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Uh, you know, listen, let me play a clip here because I think it's important because, you know, this stuff happens so fast. People may have missed the news about the Affordable Care Act. Let's uh, play a little clip and we'll talk on the other side. Online radio at its best. Our military has positioned assets in the region. And we begin this morning with new uncertainty over the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare, and the health care coverage of millions of Americans. Late Friday night, a federal judge in Texas ruled the law unconstitutional. But supporters of Obamacare are promising to appeal the decision. They're concerned the ruling could strip coverage from millions of Americans with pre-existing conditions. As a result, a number of insurance groups, patient advocates, and health care providers denounced the ruling. Despite the apparent victory for the Trump administration, the White House says the Affordable Care Act will remain in place while the issue plays out in court. Kenneth Craig joins us with the details. Kenneth, good morning. Well, good morning to you. The Affordable Care Act has stood up to prior legislative and legal challenges and has been upheld twice by the Supreme Court. But the judge cited another landmark piece of legislation passed just last year and striking Obamacare down this time. Great for our country, great for the American people. Thank you all. It has been nearly one year since President Trump signed into law the tax cut bill passed with zero Democratic votes in Congress. And now, one part of the legislation is impacting the future of the Affordable Care Act. The law eliminated the individual mandate, a penalty considered a tax by the Supreme Court, for anyone who does not have health insurance. 
In a lawsuit backed by 19 Republican attorneys general and one Republican governor, argues that since the penalty has been eliminated, Obamacare is no longer constitutional. In a 55-page ruling, Judge Reed O'Connor agreed, writing the penalty can no longer be fairly read as an exercise of Congress's tax power. Reaction to the decision was swift. Nancy Pelosi, who is likely to become Speaker when Democrats take control of the House next month, called the ruling absurd and promised to protect the Affordable Care Act. Meanwhile, in an interview on Fox News, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton touted the decision as a victory. He's one of the lawsuit's prominent backers. We believe from the very beginning it was unconstitutional, and we think the judge did the right thing. And President Trump tweeted his satisfaction and called on Congress to pass a new health care law. And we're going to sign this bill. Since President Obama signed the Affordable Care Act into law in 2010, about 20 million people have gained health insurance coverage. But the law has been frequently targeted by Republicans, both in Congress and in the courts. President Trump campaigned on killing the Affordable Care Act and came close. But a repeal measure in the Senate came up short when the late Arizona Senator John McCain cast the decisive vote. The incoming Democratic majority in the House could pass legislation of its own, keeping in place certain popular provisions of Obamacare, such as protecting coverage for patients with pre-existing conditions. But a Republican-controlled Senate and President Trump, of course, would have to sign off on that. And one last note, today is the enrollment deadline for anyone seeking coverage under the Affordable Care Act for 2019, Anthony. Important note. So there you have it. So uh, the bottom line is that they have been trying their best. Republicans have been trying to kill this forever. Uh, and like you said, Vanessa, and I can understand you being very passionate about it because this doesn't make sense. I mean, we're in a country. We're in the rich one. Of the, we are in the richest country in the world. Uh, I mean, you have people who are just you know look at what look at Tom Steiner, the amount of money he spends on impeachment ads to try to get Trump out of office. You just look at the billions and billions of dollars that people make in this organization. There's really I mean in this country. There's really no reason why people should be poor, broken, hungry in this nation. It just, I mean, it just doesn't make sense. And for you to not have a system in place where people can get free health care, it's ridiculous. It's nonsense. And it's just these Republican people who have money, who don't have to worry about these, worry about these things, they're the ones that are you know, pushing this thing, you know, everybody needs to get up and get lift themselves up by their bootstraps and, you know, I had to work hard. You know, come on, man. This is nonsense, and I can understand your passion behind it. But still, let me give you the final word on it. Well, like I said, man, the bottom line is if you really want to lose, and and I hope, run, I hope they, they, they actually tell the truth in 20, uh, Trump tells the truth in 2020, talking about he wants to get rid of health care, because then, you know, <laughs> some... He's gonna lose. He's gonna lose. He's gonna lose by broad strikes, man. Because this is ridiculous. We, you're right. We're the richest country in the world, and and hell, hell, Cuba has a better healthcare system than we do. That is, that's just ridiculous. Marinate on that for all you clowns who don't think that we should have healthcare. Cuba has a better healthcare system than we do. Uh, and on that notice. If I could just yeah, go ahead real quick. I think it's mm-hmm. I think it's important that we recognize that the 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 act that the angle that the media has taken to report on this is interesting because it's not actually adequate that they they're saying that 
they destroyed and they eliminated the Affordable Care Act. What they eliminated was the mandate. So that means so they're confusing people because they said, you know, as we said, yesterday, the gentleman said in the report, yesterday, December 15th, was the final day to sign up. They wait till Saturday to basically report this thing in the news and tell everybody it's canceled. So now everybody's, like, confused, like, oh, there's no more. I can't sign up. I can't do this, whatever. And basically they're just saying that the law cannot mandate that you sign up, but it's still available for you to sign up. Yeah, and the Trump administration said that basically, you know, we're, you know, like you said, it hurt in the story. Basically, we're going to keep it around until they come up with a substitute. So, you know, at the end of the day, to me, this is all about a campaign promise, Ms. Elias. It wasn't a situation where they really wanted to go away. It sounded good. It was catnip for the base. And so now that the reality is kicking in because they're doing everything in their power to get rid of it. Uh, and I think that if they didn't learn anything from the midterms, the midterms should have showed them that people do not want you to mess with their health care. And this is the risk that President Obama took along with Nancy Pelosi and some of those Democrats who lost their seats um, in that first election, midterm election, during the president's uh, first term. I mean, they, a lot of people lost their seats because they realized that once you give the American people something, uh, then it's going to be hard for you to take it away. So we'll see what it, where it goes. But uh, kudos for people out there on the front lines who are trying to make the fight and trying to, that's continuing the fight, I should say, and continuing to try to provide or make sure that Americans have health care. And, and, you know, and with them, you know, really taking away all the different uh, subsidies and things of that nature, they're, they're just strangling it to death. They're making it where people can't even afford it, uh, which gives them, you know, catnip for their folks and things of that nature. All right, it is time for this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know. You know, one of the things we always talk about is that when stories come and hit home, well, this is going to hit home because it actually happened to me. So sit back, and it's time for this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know on the TGR's radio network. We do a segment on this show called Living While Black. And as you know, as a member of the media, you never want to be a part of the story. You just want to report the story. But unfortunately, this week, I was a part of the story. And I'll tell you what happened here real quick because I only have four minutes. So please bear with me. I received a call from my oldest daughter on Thursday during the work day. Now, normally when parents receive calls from their children during the work day, that means something happened because normally your kids don't call you while you are at work, okay? So when I picked up the phone, I was automatically preparing myself for bad news. And she started off by saying, Dad, something happened to Alexis. And as a parent, that is not what you want to hear. And so immediately I asked, what happened? What's going on? Where do I need to be? And she told me that Alexis had been pulled over by the police. And she gave me some of the details, but I wanted to get it from Alexis. So I called Alexis and called Alexis, and finally I got her on the phone. And this is what she told me. She told me that while she was leaving school, college, an officer pulled her over on suspicion of driving a stolen vehicle. Now keep in mind, the windows on that truck are dark tinted. There's no way that that officer could see her driving that truck. So when he ran the plates, how they do it in Texas is when you run the plates, 
you get the name of the person, which the truck is registered in my name, and so my picture popped up. So my point here is, there's no way that officer knew that I was not driving that truck. Now, maybe he saw her get in. She was at McDonald's. Maybe that was the case. I'm not sure. But anyway, he pulled her over. So when she told him that the truck was in her father's name, he told her, do you know how many times I've heard that excuse, and told her to exit the vehicle, go to the front, put her hands on the hood where he could see them. Now, my daughter is scared to death at this point because we all know what's going on in the news. How many unarmed African-American people have been shot and killed because of the police? So now she is in a panic. And he proceeds to illegally search the vehicle. After he was done searching the vehicle, he then asked my daughter for her identification, her driver's license. Okay. Once he read the driver's license, and apparently the last names are the same, he said, sorry for the inconvenience, ma'am. Have a nice day. So once my daughter told me this, I said, we're filing a complaint with the constable's office. And according to my daughter, this is what happened. And I'll talk more about this, if you like, during the course of the show. What happened was, apparently, the officer was called in and fired. Now, I'll give you all the details as far as what happened uh, as we continue this discussion uh, during the show but once again parents take the opportunity to talk to your children and tell your children what to do when they get pulled over by the police I could have been uh, a statistic this morning I could have been on the air crying because my daughter was accidentally shot or on television this will not go away this is not the last time you will hear about this um, I am preparing to fight this all the way because someone has to step up. And here's my final thought for you. If your children get caught up in a situation like this, do not let it blow over. Do the right thing and take it up the chain of command. And what I used to say on my old show, that's my thought, that's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. I'm Jay Ralph. Good morning, America. An exclusive interview after he was sentenced for lying 
for President uh, Trump. I mean, so, I mean, what's happening here? This guy, Mr. Elias, is really going through, and he is really contradicting all the lies that President Trump has been telling ever since he's been in office. And this guy is singing like a canary. Now, what's really shocking about this is that he seems to be contrite, he seems to be humble, he seems to be uh, remorseful. But the one thing he didn't do, Mr. Elias, he didn't become state's evidence for uh, the Southern District of New York. That's the reason why he's serving three years in prison. So I guess I'm not understanding, you know, you're going to step out and do all this, but when it comes to the Southern District of New York, he's not going to participate as much. And I think because of the fact that the guy has a lot of dirt, he lived in New York City, more than likely if he becomes state's evidence, who knows what may come out against him. He's willing to take the three years. Uh, what are your thoughts on the news this past week of uh, Michael Cohen? And in this interview, I'm not sure if you had an opportunity to see it, but it was very powerful. And, uh, and you know, he was very believable to me, but, you know, Republicans are downplaying it. Oh, this guy's a liar. Why well, believe anything he has to say? Well, you know, something, Jay, my thought, I didn't get a chance to see the interview, but my thought processes are this. Um, look, man. <laughs> This, this this guy, I believe he's going to come down the line a little bit further and help uh, uh, Mueller out, man. I do believe he's going he's gonna to expose more of Trump than what we want to know, than, than what Trump wants to know, I should say. Because, you know, I, I've, from what I've seen, he, he hasn't really exposed a lot that uh, of, of what Trump is, uh, what we, I, well, I should say, what Mueller has, what he's told Mueller. So I, I'm just mm-hmm. dying to see what that's going what's, what's going to happen with that. And and I didn't know that he wasn't helping at all because they said he wasn't doing a lot for for anybody at first. They, he said he was just lying to them all, all 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 along. And I thought all along he was telling the, telling the truth. And they said no, he wasn't. So I'm thinking to myself, wow, he, he shot himself in the foot. I, I think you're talking about uh, Flynn. I know Flynn. Well, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, is that he he's been he's look he's met with the investigators over 19 times. He's helping Mueller. He's just not as Fort White with the with SDNY. That's, that's that's the thing. Right. Oh, okay, got it, got it. Yeah, okay, that's what I'm saying that's a, you know, and I, I thought why not help them? Hell, they, <laughs> I, you know, so man, cause because I there's legal the jeopardy for him. I think, Miss Elias. I think that he takes the three years because if he takes the three years, it's probably a lot less. And let me roll to you, Vanessa. It's probably a lot less than if they really started digging into you know what he had going on in New York. He's based out of New York. You know, you don't want to self-incriminate yourself, so maybe that's the reason why he's not, uh, uh, you know, being forthright with the Southern District of uh, New York. I got another thought about that. <clears throat> Excuse me. I got another thought. Did y'all see his daughter on crutches? I think, is his daughter disabled? Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure. So if you got it. so his daughter was on crutches when they were going into the courtroom with the son and the daughter and the wife. If you have a child or children or family in New York, I wouldn't turn on the people in New York. While he's in jail, they can come after his family. Don't you think that man has been threatened and said, if you tell it, we got your family while you locked up? Three years is not going to be that bad in federal prison. They wear street clothes. So it's not like he's going to a prison prison like Bill Cosby or somebody. I mean – He's going to a federal prison that's nice. Only problem is just that he's behind bars. You can do three years if it's going to keep your family safe. 
and keep you safe for when you get out and keep your money hidden that, the, that people don't know about. I think that's why he just didn't turn state's evidence to help them in New York. I, that's, that's my thought about it. When I saw his daughter on crutches, I knew. I wouldn't open my mouth either. That's, nope. That's interesting. Your, your, your thoughts, Kathleen? Your thoughts, Kathleen? Oh, I didn't hear. Yeah, I didn't know who you called. Um, actually, first of all, I believe him at this point. Uh, I think most people, like he said, most people believe him. He's done enough to show, not him, just not even just him, but Michael Cohen played Pace, where we hear Trump telling him to make the payment. Oh, we're going to make the payment to, you're going to make a private cash. Well, you know, we heard all of it. So yes. I don't know why they're doubting it or if people are doubting it. I don't know. Um, at this point, I think we have enough people looking at whether or not impeachment is the appropriate response here. Um, we already know that the, uh, Donald Trump does all kinds of flip-flops when people start exposing him. We see him tweeting back about everybody, you know, all kinds of people that tell him that they're lying. And he just keeps the spin going until he's basically caught. And, yes. you know, just like a rat, he's the, it, it's, it's cornering in on him. So he can run around as much as he wants, but in a minute he's on a hamster wheel. And I just can't wait to see when that finally happens and an action takes place. I'm so tired of hearing over and over and over again, the president lied about this and he lied about that, and we know he's lying about this, and here's the evidence about the fact that he lied about that. Where are the adults? Where is the law that is protecting the country from the White House? There has got to be some constitutional action that we can take. So, yes, maybe they're saying we don't have enough proof yet. I think we had enough proof a whole long time ago. Mm-hmm. This, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm frustrated with this, but I'm trying to be as patient as possible because when they take him down, I want him to take what they need to take him. they got to take Pence. They need to take Mitch McConnell. And they need to take all these other cronies that are unqualified to be in the positions that they're in, including Ben Carson and the person that he just put into the United Nations and the people that he's putting in to the attorney general. Get rid of all of them. Take them all out. Get rid of all the rest of them. Get rid of them. Amen, Take them all and lock them up at Guantanamo Bay or somewhere, somewhere where they can't impact us anymore. Mm. Wow. To tell us really how you feel, Kathleen. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I got more if you got time. <laughs> By all means. <laughs> we got <laughs> Well, you know, I, I, I got to agree, though. I mean, if you really look at it, everybody around him is going to jail. And, he's you know, he just lost another. Uh, uh, he lost somebody last night again. They resigned at the end of the year. People, you know. People are jumping off this ship because they recognize that, hey, it's a sinking vessel. And I need to get off it. This is Titanic, and it's going down fast. So I, I don't get I don't, I don't get his supporters. I really don't. Man. I don't get how anybody can support him at this point in time. Go ahead, Vanessa. His Secretary of State, 
that he's going to put in position is so scared of the way it's going to go down that he's keeping his other position. How can you work two major jobs like that? Nobody else would have gotten away with that. But he needed somebody in that position so bad that he grabbed the first person and said, hey, I'll do it under the condition that I get to keep my Senate background check. And, you know, he had to go through and get put into that position. He didn't want to lose it because he knows he's going to get fired under Trump. Now, if Trump did that for him, why didn't he go ahead and take my chief of staff person who said, I'll do it for a year? He wouldn't do it for him. But he got so desperate, he did it for the other guy. So how is that guy going to work two jobs? How is that possible to work two jobs? Well, that one I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm and a the news media, the news media say that people over in Congress cannot stand him, that they hate his gut, and that he's that Trump is going to have a hard time getting stuff done through him because he is so disliked. So I am like, oh my God! And then they showed where he talked about Trump and said that Trump was worthless, he was an idiot, blah 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 blah, and now Trump hired him. So everybody's wondering, did Trump see that video before he hired him? Mm. Well, mm. If, you, if you look at, if you listen to Rex Tillerson, Rex Tillerson said he doesn't read, he, and, and you have a hard time convincing him of anything. And this is Rex, Rex Tillerson's stand and stuff. But he said he had not read briefings. Um, he thinks what he wants to think, and and if you if you want to convince him of something, it's very hard to do. So bottom line is, this this is I mean, all those all of you people have voted for him. Congratulations, you got what you deserve. That's all I can say at this point in time, because this is un this this. You know, we had an argument that one night with me and Vanessa, we were on a uh, the Wednesday night show right after that, right when the election, midterm elections. And this guy said, you don't like him because he's not presidential. He's not presidential. Well, no, I want my president to be like a president. I want my president to act like a president. I want my president to be presidential. I don't want some clown in there. And it's ridiculous. I, like I always read, I always read. They said, if you, if, okay, if you voted for him because he's not a politician, then go to a plumber to get your proctology exam done. This is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And that's how it is. I mean, when you, you, when you look at this guy and think about all the things that he's done since he's been in office, you know, you're just wondering, what are the Republicans doing? I mean, how can you sit back and watch this nonsense without not – I mean, Orrin Hatch came out and said, oh, well, you know – who cares, you know? And then he, he realized, wait a minute, he had to walk the statement back. I mean, I mean, these guys are like, if President Obama would have done half the crap this man's done, would they, I mean, they would berserk over Benghazi when they didn't find anything. And this guy, I mean, <laughs> there's a government building down the street from the White House that has his name on it. Mm-hmm. Four dignitaries are staying in his hotel. This is a government-owned building. He is the president of the United States. This is against mm-hmm. every law that is written, and they don't do nothing about it. This is unprecedented. Oh my God, unreal. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. What we're seeing, what's going on now, will change the presidency forever. Ever. Yes. 
never going away. I mean, this, oh, my God. It's almost unbelievable at times when you sit back and listen and watch what's going on. You just have to ask yourself the question, are we, like, in the Banana Republic? Are we in Panama? What is, what is up with this? We have governing bodies. We have the judicial branch. We have the legislative branch. We have the executive branch. I mean, okay, we already know the executive branch is crazy. Judi- the judicial branch will wait until things get to them. But, you know, look, what's happening with President uh, Trump? You know, he's stacking the freaking Supreme Court. What's going to be interesting, and we talked about this the last set, set, Mr. Elias, but what's going to be interesting is because you know that this whole Obamacare ruling is going to get uh, appealed. And it's going to work its way up to the Supreme Court. What's going to happen when it gets there? Yeah, uh, you know. That you is already what know I want to see. Well, you I don't know. Well, listen happen. now. You know, listen, hold on now. That's not necessarily true because Judge Roberts was one of the conservative uh, uh, judges who voted to keep Obamacare in place when, when, when it got to the Supreme Court. So we don't know. But it's well, interesting now well, that he has two of his federal judges Thank you. on the bench. We'll see what happens. Gorsuch and uh, Kavanaugh. Yeah, you don't think they're gonna let you? you don't think they're well, gonna well, find we'll that see. Well, we we will see. We will see. Yeah. We we are going okay. to see. It's uh, it's it's uh, it's it's a terrible thing what's happening here. So now let's all hope that you know. Here's the thing about Bob Mueller, and and, and let me ask you this, Vanessa. Do you think he's moving fast enough? Do we okay? Do we want him to hurry up and get this done to nope. save the country, nope. or do we want him to nope. take his time to be thorough? So when he hits him, when he hit him in the mouth, it's going to be a nice, stiff right jab, and it's going to knock out all his teeth, and it's going to be—they're going to be able to support it. Do we want him to take his time to get it right, or do we just need to get this fool out of office immediately? Mm-mm. No. Just like this whole weekend, and I can't wait for Jerome to come on because I want to know. Just like this weekend, y'all know that Mueller has somebody in court because he subpoenaed them and they didn't show. So they won't tell who it is. Nobody knows. The media is about to lose their mind. I can't wait to find out who it is. He subpoenaed somebody. He is taking his time. He is dotting all his eyes crossing his T's so that he can get the whole family. I don't want him to rush. I want him to get everybody but the little that little boy. That's the only person I don't want to go to jail. And Melania. The Baron, you don't Trump, want Baron to go to jail, huh? But everybody else I don't can want go. Baron to go to jail. <laughs> or the mama who's innocent don't know no better. But the rest of oh, them boy. need to be in the jailhouse. Because the daughter wow. is now having to answer for that 104, 150, whatever it was, million dollars that they raised for fundraising for his inaugural ball. And now they yeah. have filed charges against her, and she didn't log it up, because they want to know, how were you overcharging these people for these hotels, for these rooms? How can you do that? The whole family is going to get got. Mueller's just taking his time and making sure that he get everything. I don't want him to rush. 
Take your time, boo. I don't care if he get ready to get out of office. I just want to see him behind the Call the boo. <laughs> she called him boo three four seven eight five. Oh my God! You called him boo at three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Yeah, I hope that we can get this thing wrapped up. Uh, I'm like you. Take your time. Get it right. Uh, you know, they talk. They're trying to compare this to Benghazi. There's no comparison. There was nobody, you know, convicted and brought up and indicted in Benghazi. They were just trying to find a way to penetrate the Obama armor. Uh, 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 Kathleen. So the bottom line is, what they're trying to do is, that, you know, this is cr- crazy. They, they they were trying everything in their power to get President Obama. He didn't give them nothing. This guy is giving them everything that they need. He's actually gift wrapping this stuff for them, and they are turning the other cheek. It's unbelievable what's happening. And you know that whole that whole confrontation between Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and 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 Trump and uh, Pence in the White House, classic stuff. I mean, this you've never seen anything like this. Let me give you the final word on this, Kathleen. Your thoughts as we wrap up this segment. You know what? <laughs> the um it, it's important that just like what this show is so important because bringing to light a lot of what we don't get to hear in the media and uh you know just to bring everybody back center so we can say okay you know what there's still hope you know hang in there there's still hope Ah. there's still more that we can do we can um you know making sure that everybody understands that their vote counts and makes a difference and so they need to get out and vote and don't quit voting now just because we see that the democrats had some you know a bit of a blue uh a blue drip, if you will, um, to make sure that we continue on the same route. Do some action in your community still, and it makes it all makes a difference. And hang in there because they will go down. They will go down. <laughs> and I'm with Vanessa. Hope, boo, we coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, boo! Words of encouragement by the ladies from the serious side. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk about the young lady, the young girl that was killed. Well, she died actually at the border. Plus, the smartest man in the world, Jerome Esprit, has made his made his presence felt. He'll be here. We'll talk to him next. You're listening to the serious side. Right back after this.
Well, this next story is pretty devastating. CBS News has confirmed a seven-year-old Guatemalan girl died last week while in Border Patrol custody. Jacqueline Call and her father were among a group of migrants who turned themselves in at the border to Border Patrol agents last week. Eight hours later, the seven-year-old girl started to have seizures. She was airlifted to a hospital. She died less than 24 hours later from dehydration and shock. In a statement, DHS said that agents took every possible step to save the child's life. In a statement to the Washington Post, DHS said that the girl reportedly had not eaten or consumed water for several days. Here's what the Secretary of Homeland Security, Kirsten Nielsen, said on Fox News. Uh, it's, it's heart-wrenching, is what it is, and my heart goes out to the, the family uh, all of all of DHS. Uh, you know, this is just a very sad example of the dangers of this journey. This family chose to cross illegally. Uh, what happened here was they were 90 miles, 90 miles away from where we could process them. Uh, they came in such a large crowd that it took our Border Patrol folks a couple uh, times to get them all. Uh, we gave immediate care. We'll continue to look into the situation. But again, I cannot stress how dangerous this journey is when migrants choose to come here illegally. Some accuse the Democrats of politicizing the girl's death. On Friday, Hillary Clinton, Clinton tweeted, what's happening at our border is a humanitarian crisis. Senator Richard Blumenthal called for an investigation, tweeting, why did the Commissioner of Customs and Border Protection keep this little girl's death secret? until he testified before me in the Senate Judiciary Committee this week. I will be demanding answers. You know, uh, what the uh, DHS secretary was just said, what she said was just disgusting. We'll talk about that. But first, let's say good morning and welcome back here, 347-850-1272. Say good morning to our folks in the house. Vanessa is in the house. What's up, Vanessa? How you doing? I'm doing well. Good morning. And, of course, the smartest man in the world has made his appearance, the one and only Mr. Jerome Esprit from EspritRadio.net. What is going on, Jerome? Hey, nothing much, man. How you doing? Just another day in paradise, my friends. No palm trees. The man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S is in the house. What's up, Mr. L.E.S.? Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Jerome. Good morning, Ness, and good morning, Soror. Hey. Oh, yeah. Good morning, Kathleen and L.E.S. How you doing, bro? All right, brother. Right. All right. All right. You know, uh, if you just tuned into the show, um, um, we had to uh, we had a moment of silence for a very one of our original members of the serious side. My computer. It died this morning. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I, I admit this morning, it, it's gone, it's gone, it died. So everything, all my links to all the social media pages that we monitor throughout the course of the show, they're gone. So I don't know how I'm going to do all this. But I want to say hello to people out there. We used to say hi to the audience. Um, I don't know who's listening, so hello. I don't know if anybody's in the chat. Mr. Elias, can we say hello to anybody that's in the chat room? Yes, sir. We got uh, Covina Man that's in there. And uh, Easy Rider. Easy Rider is in there. Easy's in the house. Wow, look at that. Part of the big three. It's like, you know, Kavina and, you know, our guy from uh, L.A. is, I mean, from Las Vegas is usually in there. St. Clinton. Clinton. And for the longest, Easy was gone. So now he's back, and now St. Clinton's not there. We gotta, y'all got to get y'all stuff together, man. What's going on here? 
Oh, man, what a beautiful thing. Glad to hear from you. Glad to see you, Easy. Glad you're in the house. All right, tis the season to be jolly. Fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. It's the Christmas season. Hope you guys are enjoying the holiday. Uh, once again, uh, because of what happened, I can't say hello. I know there are a few people out there that listen to the show. I'd like to think of. But say what's up to them. I want to say what's happening to Lita and Monique. What's up, ladies? Hope you guys are tuned in. Marianna Music, I know your big head stuff is up in here. What's up, girl? The pastor's probably in the house. I know he is. What's up, pastor? What's happening? So anyway, all right, listen. This past week, uh, a young lady, uh, well, a seven-year-old girl died in the custody of DHS. And you heard what the secretary said about how, you know, this goes to show that this is a dangerous thing and people should stop trying to enter this country illegally. What she's not telling them, Jerome, is the fact that the reason why they had to go to the desert is because of the fact that the Trump administration is closing stuff down so people want to try to enter from a different angle. These folks are trying to, they're trying to claim political asylum, and because of the Trump administration, these people are taking an extra risk. She went 90 miles. That family went 90 miles out the way to try to cross, all because of what they're doing to families at the border. And so now they're going to try to blame it on people who are running to try to have a better life. I mean, what, what, do you, what do you have to say about these ridiculous people in office right now? Well, I, I have to say that that is on. a part of oh, God. That's, that's a part of what Republicans do. And I don't mean – there are some racist, crazy Democrats, no doubt. But as a party – they always do things like this where that belief system that if we make it worse for them here than it is at home, then they won't come. So the reason that they're okay with people dying and, and you know, putting people in camps is because they think that if we send a message and torture them here, then they won't want to come here. And I can tell you that this is that thinking that happens with the black community, right, when somebody gets shot. It's like, well, it'll send a message that if we shoot them, then they won't act out of place. You know what I mean? It's always excessive with them. And so we need to address that. I don't think that there's nothing that we can do to change their perspective of that belief. It's like saying if we starve everybody, like if if people won't want welfare, so if we starve them and people start dying, they'll go out and get a job, which is stupid. But that is the thinking on with, with Republican policies. They really think that if they starve you out or make it worse for you, that your behavior would be someplace else or something else. So with that policy of coming into this country, they figure, oh, we're going to make it hard. We're going to put them in camps. We're going to separate the parents from the children, and they won't want to be separated for their kids, so they won't come. But remember, somebody right. is doing that. Right? We have a long history of this. Yeah. It's like in Guantanamo. You know, torturing people. It's like if we torture them, they won't lie to us. It's like, what are you, what are you stupid? But that has seemed, that seemed to be, you know, old school um, colonizer stuff. Just, just make them bad, make it bad for them, and then we can change their behavior. They just don't know how bad they have it over there. And people mm-hmm. hear these stories about the freedoms of the U.S. and the opportunities, and they want to come to that. And we are trying to make right. it bad for them coming in and i say we as a country yeah. not we absolutely 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 you know vanessa uh a seven-year-old 
you know, it, it, it reminded me of what happened. Uh, it, this kind of reminds me of what happened uh, with um, that last shooting we had, where the the woman stood up and says, "Look, I'm tired. I don't want your prayers. I don't want any of that stuff. I want results. I'm tired of people saying I'm sorry for your loss. I don't want to hear that because they're just words. It's the right thing to say at that time. The bottom line is, is that this is a seven year old girl who lost her life because her family was fleeing conditions." That they thought, well, it's not what they thought, it's just fact. It's conditions that were horrible, gang violence, no way out, trying to find a better future for their children. And so what happens? They travel all the way here. This young lady was in the custody of Border Patrol for what? Did they say eight hours, Mr. Elias? Yep. And then with the with the DHS secretary says, well, you know, because they all huddled up and mashed, it was kind of hard for us to get to her and all this. I mean, this is bull crap. And, 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 and you know what, at the end of the day, some people should go to jail. I mean, these people should go to jail for what they're doing. I mean, I think about, and I know this is a different topic, but I think about what Cheney did with the Gulf War and all this other stuff. These people are getting folks killed, and they are just getting away with it because they make bad decisions. Folks are dying. These people should be in jail. That's where they should be. This guy who a, was a child molester, what's that guy's name, Mr. Elias? He was served in the administration, and because oh, he's uh, rich, he got away yeah. with this stuff? I mean, what is going yeah. on here? Because money money buys oh everything, Jay. Money is I mean, king, this is baby. That's crazy. That's it. This look is at, crazy. What about, the, what about the kid who killed those four people in the car and he got off with, what's the name of the uh, disease Jerome he had where he couldn't uh, tell? Influenza. Uh, Affluenza, yeah. He was too rich to know. He was too rich to know the difference between what was right and what was wrong. That was in yeah. Texas, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Too so money is king, know. baby. Money is king. That's what it takes to buy your way out of anything. And that's why. Vanessa, I want to focus back on these. Go ahead, Jerome. Finish it up. No, that's why. That's why that's sick. Like, we don't like to talk about that because we think that's our, our way of life. Capitalism is not a way of life. It's just the economic um, construct, right? But people think that if you have money, you can do anything that you want. And so we don't even convict people like that guy, Jeffrey Epstein. There's like 80 that's him. Under, underage girls, right? He's been selling them in and out of slavery, yeah. right? G- gave that fool, what, um... Three months, maybe, or something, mm-hmm. something crazy. He should have been doing life in prison, but because he's rich, he didn't even go to jail. He went to, like, a halfway house, and he spent 12 hours a day outside of it. Because and we somehow nobody, like, has any problem with this. Yeah, he, no, yeah he's I, still constructing his business from there. It's like, right. really? <laughs> yeah, they said, it's like the other kid. Remember they said um, they don't want him, the guy who raped the unconscious girl, they were like, we don't want them yeah. to ruin his life. But he just ruined somebody's life. Right. That's crazy but they don't want to ruin his. Right. These people are pathetic. But, Vanessa, I want to stay focused on these kids because, you know, Trump does so much that we overlook things. And the bottom line is there are still kids separated from their parents at the border. A federal judge gives an order that they're supposed to be back within X amount of days. That was freaking months ago. 
and they're still doing this nonsense. I mean, what, what, what is going on? How lawless is, has this country become, have become since President Trump has, you know, stepped into office? It's like, you know, it's always been somewhat corrupt. You know, you don't want to believe that your government can participate in some of the things, things that they do, but this government is straight up corrupt. These people should be in jail. They should be in jail. Your thoughts? This country has not only become lawless, and this country has not only just become for the rich, but this country has become racist. And he is a different breed, and everybody is seeing it. But let me tell y'all this. The times are turning, and people are starting to see. They're not going to admit it as a Republican, guys, but people are seeing the difference in Trump. People are seeing it. You can actually see the people that's mumbling when I'm out places and we're discussing it. And, and instead of them turning their nose up being mad because we're discussing it out, they're now like nodding their head like they agree. But they're not going to say that we were right and they were wrong, but they are going to change their vote. Some of them are because they were banking it on their bank account and they can't bank stuff on bank accounts anymore because some people are losing money in the stock market. My account went down some. My account is back to where it was before Trump got in office. So Trump hasn't done anything. He lost it. Everything, people are like, well, I can excuse him. I can excuse what he's doing at the border. I can excuse this and excuse that because they felt like they were getting something out of it. But now that they're 401Ks and profit sharing accounts are gone back down to what it was when Obama was in office, they are not smiling about this. I'm telling you, I'm talking to people. I'm out and about. And they are they're, they're just shaking their head like, this is a shame. And those children, all the women who was for Trump, let me tell you something. If they are a mother, they got a problem with being done with these children being molested in these camps. They got a problem with it. They're not going to say nothing, but as a mother where you had a child, they gonna, they're thinking about... What is he doing with these children? These little girls getting molested. They're behind gates and bars. Mothers have a problem with that. Parents have a problem with that. I'm telling you. And that little girl's temperature, by the time they life-fighted her, was 105 degrees. By the time they life-fighted her. They resuscitated her twice. But Vanessa, what you're saying, I hear what you're saying, and I want to believe what you're saying. But Jerome, the, the Republicans gained seats in the Senate, so yeah, they didn't gain a whole lot, but they did yeah, but gain. So how can we sit here and say that America people are really are really affected by this? People don't want to see this, but yet still, some of these fools kept their seats. Well, don't don't look at it that way, Jay. It's put it in context, right? So this. This particular past Senate kind of favored the Republicans, right? It was just kind of they were in states or in places, the Republicans. The next Senate race is heavily favored Democrats. So the, the, the way those off, like they have six-year limits on, some of the, on the Senate seats on some of them, right? And so they stagger. So this, the next Senate race favors the Democrats heavy. So you're about to watch not just a landslide on the House side for the Repub- for the Democrats. That was just the people's vote. On the Senate side, the next Senate race is going to kick their butt because the people who are up next time 
are in seats that are going to be more favorable. Like they have a lot of Republicans that are in the Senate that are places that kind of swing Democrat mainly. Those guys, it wasn't up for re-election. It wasn't like the House. The House, every two years, everybody goes up to vote. The, the Senate is a little bit different. So it's staggered. So the next race is going to favor Democrats on the Senate side heavy. So you're going to watch people come back up, like Claire McCaskill, people who lost. Those guys are probably going to come back up because they, it's going to swing back on the, on the Democratic side for the next race. It's just it was just a season. It wasn't. Don't think of it as the fact that people weren't get, wasn't getting it. The Democrats won about eight million more votes this time than the Republicans did, right? And that is historic numbers. But at the same time, you have to understand that they rigged, you know, jury rigged that system to how they yeah. skewed. And again, Republicans are only one third of this doggone country, at most. They're about, they're, matter of fact, they're about a quarter because the Democrats are like almost half, and then there's independents that is the other half of what re, Republicans are. So the Republicans don't have that big of um, a footprint when it comes to elections generally. We just divide everybody into Democrat and Republican. So you're either Democrat or they assume that you're Republican. So don't look at it like that. I think the country, like Vanessa says, that they're waking up because in. Um, European circles, and I mean that European-Americans, uh, in those circles, what happens is that they can't see anybody else's pain but their own. When little Katie falls on the well, they want us to, to show sympathy. Something happens to somebody black, they're like, that ain't us, right? They're very good at that when we start doing news and highlighting stuff. So voting kind of falls back on that thing where the majority of people, when they come out to vote, vote Democrat generally. So the rigging or the unraveling of how they jury-rigged this thing needs to come apart. And so the Democrats are so crazy, they, like, when they get in office, they don't change anything. Republicans really? will change it to favor them. Then they'll favor themselves again. Then they'll favor themselves again, and Democrats go there and go, let's not change it. That'll be unfair. We won anyway, even though they rigged it, so why don't we leave it the same? Where Republicans are like, no, we need to keep stacking it up against us. So it's a different philosophy, and we just can't take your, you can't take your foot off the gas with them. Really? Just, That's what I say. They go low, you go lower. I agree. Exactly. I, mm-hmm. but because you have to unravel Eric, that. Eric like Coder going on that. in Wisconsin, for example, you know, where he signed mm-hmm. that bill trying to strip the AG and the governor of their powers before they came into office. Right? I don't see anybody, like, up in arms by that, how unfair and crazy that is. And Scott Walker stood up there and signed it and was like, we got the same amount of powers, blah, blah, blah. So when Democrats take the state house and the Senate back, I mean, they already are going to have a lot more control. But the next election cycle, when they take it back, they better unravel that. Right? Because everybody, Republicans play a long game. And their long game is we, by numbers, can't win this thing, so we need to rig it so that we stay in power. Can I ask Jerome a question? Absolutely. Go ahead. Yeah. Jerome, good morning, uh-huh. sweetie. Hey, what good morning, do man. you think? What do you think of two things? One is that Mueller has been behind closed doors in a judge's chamber all weekend 
because somebody got a subpoena and they chose not to abide by the subpoena. Nobody knows who it is. I am like having a fit to know who is the person <laughs> that Mueller sent a subpoena to and they chose to ignore it. The next thing is, what do you think about Trump's AG, secretary, his AG, his chief of staff, that is going to hold two positions because he knows he's going to get fired by Trump? Please tell me what you think of that. Well, uh, on both cases, on the, um, on the Mueller case, you know, Roger Stone and the guy who is up under him that he, they um, brought in voluntarily to question is saying that they won't come in. So you can subpoena, you can arrest pretty much anybody to compel them when you want to bring charges. But I don't think that Mueller wants to bring charges against everybody because it's going to tip the hand of whoever he's going after. So they're trying to subpoena the, subpoena them in a in grand juries. That's kind of a closed grand grand jury, so that it does not make the news. So they, you can fight that in court. So I think it's probably around Roger Stone or one of the other or the guy who's right up under Roger Stone because we know that they talk to WikiLeaks. You know that he's com- communicating with Trump. So they're trying to draw it out, thinking that somehow they're going to get a pardon. But right now. There's a minimal of seven investigations. So we're outside of Mueller, or another six. So this Mueller, he's doing his thing, but you have six more investigations across the board. Trump Foundation, you have the uh, what's going on with his campaign financing stuff. You have all of these other investigations going, and Mueller is trying to do his under the radar while everybody else is doing what they're doing. So I, if I had to guess, I would think it would, has to be around Roger Stone stuff because that's going to tie the WikiLeaks dumps into um, Trump's lap. Okay. Right now, okay. on, the, on the New York State side, um, on the AG side, and for what they just prosecuted um, Cohen for, that Donald Trump, this is totally separate, but Donald Trump is an unindicted, like the judge actually came out to say that whatever client number one or whatever he's called, that he was directly involved in that illegal action that Cohen Cohen pled guilty to. The judge came out and said it. So when the Department of Justice, who who um, that Trump appointed in New York State, and the judge said that Cohen did that at the direction of him, that means he's getting indicted. So that's not Mueller, though. That's on the that's on the that's on the um, federal State Department side. I mean the Justice Department side. But here's what everybody is worried about: Can a, can he pardon himself if he get, if he's brought up on federal charges? And that's why they won't indict yeah. him until he's out, because they don't know. Nobody. But what if he wins re-election him. though? Huh? What if he wins re-election? Right. What if he wins wins re-election? Yeah, but he can't get away for the state charge. They state can arrest this butt right now. See, that's the that's the trick, and that's why the Attorney General of New York State, Letitia James. She's like, we're going after foundation. The state, that's not, that's a rule. That is not a law, right? Yeah, right. The, yeah, you're right about thought, that, yeah. The thought was that Congress would have more sense to impeach somebody who's brought up under charges, and then they right. can just, right? That, that's what the structure right. is, right? So if somebody says, like right. the judge ruled, you have been taking directions from the crime boss, and you killed somebody, so your butt is going to jail. The, he pretty much said that. Well, I'm sorry. He said that. The judge did. And you're yeah. still in office, and they're just waiting for you to get out of office. 
so that yeah. that's the problem. Exactly. The, the, really quick on the the second um, question. Wait a minute. Let me think of it really quick. What was your second question? Really quick, Vanessa. What do you it was the Mueller the, thing, uh, and then the, it was the, the new chief of staff. He's gonna hold. Oh, the, the chief of staff. Yeah. So the, on the new chief of staff side, from reports are that he's not intervening on there because they Mueller had to approve. Um, um, a subpoena, another subpoena, and they're saying Rosenstein still is a go-to guy, and they have to report to the new guy. So he actually knows. So when they saw him on Marine One with Kirshner, and they're seeing him talk to Donald Trump, he can go in and look at that information, but his butt might even get wrapped into that when when um, the Democrats take over. Because... Now well, that he knows that information, they're saying that he must be telling the president and telling their defense on how to handle it. But he's not going to intervene because that's an immediate go-to-jail card, even though he's not refused. No, Jerome, the new chief of staff that he's putting in place oh. to Oh, okay, I was thinking that AG. Kelly. Well, the chief of that staff. That guy is going to be holding two titles. He's holding yeah. two titles. That is unprecedented for somebody to have two jobs. How are you yeah, because he can't, two do two, jobs? he can't do both jobs. So right. the point and is he's that he's acting, yeah. Because he knows he's going to get fired. He's right, he knows he's going to get fired, and he knows he's not going to be able to do anything. Trump wants to be his own chief of staff, so he doesn't even listen to the chief of staff. So they're just going to have a skeleton crew. Like the White House, you know, the government is already kind of at a skeleton crew level where it doesn't have enough attorneys to deal with the subpoenas that they're going to get. They need to do a big hiring on the, that side to get the ethics people back in there because they once they left they didn't fill their positions just like they didn't fill the communications people so Huckabee is leaving and you know she's gonna leave soon as they start because she's gonna have to she's been lying great like and I mean professionally by great not good <laughs> she's been lying mm-hmm. like you know she's been earning her money in lies she's not gonna be able to do that when she gets subpoenaed you know what I mean that's so and I want to see Sarah get subpoenaed. Oh, she needs to be, cause they, cause she knows okay. she's lying. But that's yep. she's saying that's her job to communicate whatever the president is saying. So if the president is lying, he needs to be subpoenaed. The president can lie without being, you know, brought up on charges. But the problem is, is that when you lie for him, you're covering up for him. So, you know, I think that's why Jeff Sessions. I know he got fired, but I guarantee you, Jeff Sessions went willingly this time because. He has to. He is going to get interviewed because of his campaign um, relationship to what was going on. Like he and Mike Pence are under jeopardy as well. So with all of these investigations, there are seven or eight of them going on right now that we know of in public. I can't Pence imagine. Pence isn't opening his mouth. Yeah. Pence isn't saying a word. I, he, and he shouldn't because he he lied on national TV twice. That I, that I remember. And the problem is is that they're going to call him in on the lies that he said covering up, that I know that there was no Russians involved in the, in the campaign. He did, one time he said, to my knowledge, but he said, no, we're not doing that. And then they changed the platform at the Republican National Convention to lower sanctions on – to lower the sanctions stuff on Russia. They wanted to ease – Mike Pence was a part of that. So he is wrapped in that investigation from a distance, but he lied. So we need to see how I'm, – I'm curious to see how that's going to go because nobody's speaking about Mike Pence unless 
um, like you said, that subpoena that Mueller is trying to do undercover is Mike Pence. It could possibly be him. Well, you never know. You just never know I what's happening with know. this group, man. Well, this yeah. group is, I mean, you know, when you said Roger Stone, it makes sense. I mean, that guy, you know, he's, you know, him and that other dude, that uh, little white-haired guy that they deal with. So you're right. Yeah. I mean, this is just uh, what's going on here is, uh, once again, unprecedented. And, you know, I think in the beginning the media was like, yeah, it's great that we have this guy in office. We have plenty of news stories. You know, a lot of magazines and newspapers are starting to get revitalized because of the interest and all the investigative reporting that they're doing. But at some point you have to say to yourself, wait a minute, man, this is bigger than us. This is all about the country, and we have to stop this. It has to stop. This has to stop. We can't continue down this path. This country is in trouble, and uh, – and it's unfortunate. All right, so we're going to step out, take a break. Here's an NPR news update coming up next. Like I mentioned, unfortunately, Mr. Elias, do we have any comments in the chat? Because I definitely want to do oh, chatterbox. If we do, we'll do chatterbox. We got... All right, we'll do chatterbox. Yeah. We'll do chatterbox. Right, we'll chat I can't, unfortunately, people on the social media side, I can't get you. But uh, but we'll do chatterbox. We'll do all that after this. We'll take a real quick break, and we'll be back with chatterbox and on a need to know basis right here on the serious side of the J. Rouse show. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. Pressure is rising on the UK government over Brexit and whether to hold a second referendum. The government remains opposed to another referendum, and British Prime Minister Theresa May is criticizing her predecessor, Tony Blair, for calling for one. The BBC's Chris Mason. For so long, the campaign for another referendum seemed to many a hopeless cause, but its advocates sense their opportunity. If there isn't a majority in Parliament for anything other than opposing no deal, offering the people the chance to decide is a potential route out of deadlock. But to the Prime Minister, this would be to abdicate responsibility. She claims that Tony Blair's call for another public vote is an insult to the office he once held. She adds that I have never lost sight of my duty, and that is to deliver on the referendum result. Negotiators from nearly 200 countries have agreed on the next steps to advance the 2015 Paris Climate Accord. Two weeks of talks in Poland have led to new rules governing efforts to cut emissions and stem global warming. However, officials delayed decisions on other key issues. Transportation Security Administration curtailing its controversial Quiet Skies program in Pierre Shannon Van Zandt report. TSA says it has stopped armed undercover marshals from following passengers through baggage claim and compiling extensive reports on people in airports who are not acting suspiciously. The decision followed a series in the Boston Globe reporting that federal air marshals were spying on thousands of flyers who had never been a suspect of a crime or on any terrorist watch list. Targeted passengers included a star WNBA player and people who were spied on only because they had recently traveled to Turkey. The agency says it will continue to monitor some travelers, but will not collect as many details about them. Shannon Vincent, NPR News. The family of a seven-year-old girl who died after being apprehended by U.S. Customs and Border Protection is disputing accounts of the days leading up to her death. Mallory Fogg from Member Station KRWG reports. Jacqueline Kalmanzine died less than 48 hours after she and her father were detained in a remote part of New Mexico. Early reports claim she had not eaten or drunk water for several days. Ruben Garcia directs the El Paso shelter where Jacqueline's father is staying and read a family statement disputing those. 
Jacqueline's father took care of Jacqueline, made sure she was fed and had sufficient water. She and her father sought asylum for border patrol as soon as they crossed the border. She had not suffered from a lack of water or food prior to approaching the border. The family has retained lawyers and is calling for a thorough investigation into Jacqueline's death. For NPR News, I'm Mallory Falk in El Paso. This is NPR. Welcome back in, folks. It is time for Chatterbox. Final thoughts from the world-famous chat room and from social media. Mr. Elias, what do you have this morning? Oh, I got some from Easy Rider. <laughs> Easy oh, we got to hear from Easy, of course. Yeah, and he, said, MS, uh, uh, he says, welcome MS-13 to the U.S. and join the 13 MS gangs here. How can uh, how can you vet all these people properly? Impossible. Well, ISIS can't. Uh, come on down. He says, and... Uh, the, when the uh, Ninth Circuit judge makes immigration rules, the left loves it. Now the Fifth Circuit has it, and and, and left don't like it. Uh, the new, the, the, their, uh, they the new was going to be challenged on this journey. They knew there was going to be a challenges on this journey. They kept seats because Trump out out was out campaigning them. Uh, they said one of the reasons why Dems. Uh, one the immigration in the U.S. is for their votes. You've been drinking Kool-Aid a lot, haven't you? I know, uh, you right. can't. You, you, hey, he said, Mueller and the Mary Dems talking about ringing. Mm. Standing, uh, said, he said, standing president can't be indicted while in office. Uh, I guess, if you say so. If some miracle the Dems get their wish of impeaching Trump, Pence will be president. No, because they're going to get Pence ass too easy. Exactly. Oh, okay, all right, y'all. Uh, I think we have enough of yeah. easy this morning. Now, Good gracious. Wait a minute. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, 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 he's drinking Kool Aid. Hey, you have <laughs> to let him clear this up. You have to let him clear this up. Even though he's reading comments, we, they're saying that stuff like it's facts. It's like knowing MS 13 is a gang from being deported. Yeah. They're making it look like this game yeah. from outside is coming in just to scare people. So since we're doing well, we talked about we that on the show. Stuff up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're right. We talked about that on the show. It originated here in the US. So I'm um, yes. yeah. yeah. I mean come on. Out of LA. So you know, but that's okay. I mean the bottom line is is that uh hey, he's entitled to his opinion. I still love you easy, but boy, yeah, but you've been now, gone and you've been drinking some Kool Aid since you've been gone. Good <laughs> golly Miss Molly. But that's all right. We'll we'll get yeah. him straight. Come on back, easy. Come on back. All right. Uh, all right, so you know what time it is. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? Allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. Oh, boy, it is time for my favorite part of the show. <laughs> On the need to know basis with Mr. Jerome Esprit. Man, what do you have this morning? <laughs> you know what? I'm going to start this with a public service announcement by asking um, LES, <laughs> is there anything else that you need to clear up? Because we need to clear this segment with truth. Uh, no, I mean, easy things up on this game. I think, easy. you've been drinking Kool-Aid, and you can't tell a lie from the truth, brother. You hey. need to really, really, really research this stuff before you say anything. Well, Especially on this show. Right you know better than that. 
You know better than that. Yeah, we'll help you. Don't worry about that. Now, our first story, I just want to say, hey, I know Jay. See, Jay, Jay is pacified by laugh because he thinks it's funny, but I am telling you, Jay, if people are listening to the show and we know the answer to the question, we should not just say you're entitled to your own facts. We can give you some facts. If we know the answer, you're not I told opinion, you. not facts. Opinion. Exactly. I didn't say well, facts. That's what I'm saying. Though. Okay, so if they're giving their own opinions, I would prefer them not to taint our audience with their opinions. Thanks. I mean, this your show, but you can do what you want. I'm just saying. No, we're going to clear it up. It's your show, too, and I agree with you. Well, I'm just saying. We're going to clear it up before you get off this air. Clear it up, That's baby. All. Clear it up. All right. So so before, before I really get the news, I just want to say, too, you know, it is Morris Day's birthday was on December 13th. So, you know, I'm a big Prince. Time fan from back in the day, so happy birthday to legendary singer actor Morris Day. Yes. Ah. Yeah, I'm so cool. <laughs> I know. See, you, if I would have thought about it, you could have played 777-9311 as a bed. Oh, man, I'll get it next week, Jerome. All right, thank you. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, now, Toyota recalled more than 133,000 pickups and SUVs in the U.S. aimed concerns over their air, airbag and brake problems. It was one day after asking owners to return 70,000 vehicles, so take your Toyota back or check and see if you're on the recall list. Now, most, wow. <laughs> yeah. Most CFOs are predicting a recession that can hit the U.S. as early as next year. Major players like GM and Verizon Verizon they ax, um, they're axing a huge number of their employees, saying that they think that it's going to be a slowing economy. So the chief financial officers are predicting a recession um, that's going to should hit by 2020. Now, they said the economy is slowing, and they have huge employee cuts, but they're not saying because the tax breaks didn't favor anybody but the people who are saving money. They didn't reinvest. So... Technically, That's we're it. losing a lot of money. They're predicting they, a lot of money. They were supposed to reinvest that money, weren't they? Uh-huh. But you can't do that and not expect the, the economy to suffer. Now, nearly one-third of Americans get through the week without making any cash purchases. I'm not one of them, but just 18% of Americans use cash all or most of the week during their, for their spending, and that's down from 24% in 2015. They said at the same time, 29% say that they never use cash during a typical week. Those must be all the young kids. Really? Because I use cash all the time. I know, that's mm-hmm. right. That's, that's old school, too, you know. I, when we were little, people carried a little wide with them, but you don't have to go that far, mm-hmm. but you have to have some cash. <laughs> I, th- I think that's yeah. a cultural thing, too. It's like, it's what we call walking money if you've never been around a black person and heard them say that. You got to have some You got to have some money. <laughs> Again, your black friends are doing you justice. You got to have walking money. All right. The Boy Scouts of America, they said they may file for bankruptcy because of mounting costs of a costly sexual abuse lawsuit from former members um, banned by the organization. 
they're calling it a pedophile magnet is what they quoted by saying i'm not calling it that that's what they're saying because they feel they got branded as a pedophile magnet now the boy scouts of america wow. um think you know are thinking about filing for bankruptcy because of these mm. losses and they have dwindling membership numbers as well as those lawsuits mm. all right um wow. the women's the women's tennis association announced two rule changes that um kind of i'm gonna call them the serena williams um changes now the her catsuit leggings are now permitted and mothers will be granted added ranking protection when they come back from maternity leave so if you don't know um i guess serena was like number one she went on a maternity leave she came back at 218 yeah she came back lower than that she came back lower than that she worked her way back up. Yeah, I, I know she was below 200. I don't know well, how much it was, you know, what the number was. But the um, WTA said they will allow, allow leggings and mid-thigh compression shorts without a skirt, short, or dress. And Williams referred to what she wore at the French Open um, as the cat suit, uh, the new version 2.0. And she says, I'll take it. Um, like my Wakanda-inspired cap suit, like she recur- referred to to Black Panther. Although they designed it before the movie, that's what she calls it. She said it's still kind of reminder of that. So her Wakanda-inspired cap suit will be allowed back on the tennis court. But the two Serena Williams rules will now take effect. I don't know Thank why. For that. Yeah, I don't know why it had a problem before. All right, now President Barack Obama. And you're not listening to this in the archives. I guess he's kind of former president, but he's the only one who ever acted like a president. So President Barack Obama was all smiles as he was honored with the Robert F. Kennedy Human Rights um, Ripple of Hope Award in New York on Wednesday. Um, He got the special award that celebrates leaders who demonstrate commitment to social change. And um, with the special award... um, the president said, or President Obama said, um, that it reminds the public on the achievements of Bobby Kennedy, who the award is, uh, who the award is modeled after. And as Bobby Kennedy taught us, the thing about hope is that it travels through space and time. First, splashes against the rocks, but eventually breaks down the walls of cruelty and injustice. And if we if we do our best with the time we're given. Others will take hope in our example. Man, we haven't had an articulate president in who? How, how long was that? That was a tweet. Oh, yeah. There was there was really? no spell check needed, no run-on sentences, nothing about Mueller. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> that would be uh Now, First Lady Michelle Obama, she, you know, she's on a book tour, but... This week, there was a news story about her being at the Children's Hospital, and they said in the conservative papers that it overshadowed Melania Trump's Christmas reading in D.C. at a hospital earlier that day. So Michelle Obama is at a hospital in Colorado, and she's in D.C., and they're making a comparison to the two because Michelle Obama got up and danced with the kids, and Santa Claus, she encouraged them to dance with them. And she was a little bit more energetic. And Melania, who read to the children, apparently didn't get enough news coverage. So that's how that's how Michelle Obama made um, news this week. Besides yeah. her 
book sales selling out like crazy. Now, <laughs> the Senate passed a resolution saying that um, Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, Salman um, is responsible for killing the journal, journalist Jamal um, Khashoggi. No. And, um, yeah. No, he's he, not. Ask Trump. Ask Trump. He's no. Trump said he isn't. No. Mm-mm. Listen. No, no, he's not. The Senate, although it's a non-binding resolution, the Senate passed it, and Paul Ryan put in the Farm Bill um, legislation that will block the House from voting on condemning it. Paul Ryan put that in there. <laughs> on the weak, bill. Man. He this is weak, man. He is weak. I can't say that he's in the conspiracy, but again, there's something wrong with that fool. Now, Russian spy... Um, um, Maria Putina pled guilty to spying on behalf of Putin's government to cultivate Republican circles through the NRA, the National Rifle Association, before Trump's election. She pled guilty, and she agreed to cooperate um, as a witness and to be used as an agent. So we're about to see the NRA go down, too, because if they yeah. were in that conspiracy and knew that whole Mueller thing— is going to wrap its neck around the NRA, the GOP, um, National Republican Party, Mike Pence, the campaign chair, and Donald Trump. I yep. predict, just like Reagan had, what, um, 170 people indicted or under investigation, or, I think Trump's going to get well over 250. That is my new... Oh, without a doubt. He's going to break my the new <laughs> Now... Federal prosecutors in New York are examining rather Trump's presidential uh, inauguration committee. That's another investigation going, totally separate. Um, um, whether the committee um, is suspect, suspect of spending the $107 million raised, um, whether they did it illegally. Now, it was uh, revealed on Thursday that the investigation is also looking at whether some of the top donors from Trump's um, event, gave money in exchange for access to the administration, um, political concessions, or influences or influence the um, administration, whether that money was used for that. Now, that came from the Wall Street Journal. They said money in exchange for political favors violate federal corruption laws. There could, be, there could also be a violation of federal laws if funds were diverted from the inauguration committee which is a registered as a not-for-profit. So if you move your inauguration committee's money to something else, which they think it went into a super PAC, there's also um, federal corruption charges for that. So good luck on the um, <laughs> on the Trump people. They need to hire some more lawyers. That's all I got to tell you. Now, yeah. Now Trump is planning to spend the next 16, uh, 16 days over the holidays at Mar-a-Lago in Florida. That's what he announced on the day that all of these charges came down. He was like, I'm taking vacation. <laughs> That's what he said. Remember, what do you want to say? I, 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 I won't have time to golf or nothing because I'll, I'll, be, I'll, I'll, I'll be working so hard for you guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he's working hard with 16-day holiday as, um, yeah. as administration is going up in flames. He's going to be somewhere crying. He's going to cry when he get in the car. That's what he's going to do. <laughs> now, Democrat uh, Representative Adam Schiff is calling for a rewrite of the Justice Department guidelines 
that bars the indictment of a sitting president following the Michael Cohen sentencing. So Congress can pass a law to make it so that you can indict a sitting president. Congress is the lawmaker. So if they attach that to the farm bill, somebody's going to jail. But Adam yeah. Schiff, is, is, um, who's um, on the committee that oversees the Justice Department, he wants them to rewrite those rules. And if that comes out of committee, that it's a law, there'll be nothing they can do. Wow. Yep. Now, um, Sybil Shepard, who um, was in this move, was in this um, sitcom called Moonlighting years ago, is claiming that her sitcom was canceled by Les Moonves after she rejected his sexual advances. She was in an interview um, oh. series like him, and Shepard told the host that her show would have run five more seasons until she upset her boss. She said, now, get this for, for game for him. She said, um, his assistant and her assistant made a dinner date, and um, when and and he was um, he was telling her that his wife didn't turn him on and his mistress didn't tell it, turn him on. So Shepard said, "I'm watching him drink alcohol, and I'm going, um, you know, she's looking at him like he's crazy." And he said, "Well, you know, why don't you let me take you home?" And she said, "No, I got a ride." Um, my car is outside, and a good friend of mine who is an L.A. off-duty police officer is waiting for me, and he fired. He canceled mm. her show. Now, this is a guy. Really? This is a guy who 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 um, corrupt uh, who sabotaged Janet Jackson's career. That's Moonves. So his sexual harassment yeah. goes way back, and he's and he's mad that she didn't apologize enough. Mm. And also, also. Um, Elisa, I guess is um, Dushku. She was an, as an actress. She was supposed to become a full-time cast member on this show called Bull on CBS, and she reportedly made um, um, there was comments made by the lead actor Michael Weatherly that was sexual harassment. And when she detailed it, Les Moonves fired her, but they settled with her really? for nine point five million dollars. They gave her nine point five million dollars. And they fired her off the show. Wow. Okay. Yep. So speaking of Janet Jackson, you know, Janet Jackson and her brother, she joins Michael Jackson, the Jackson 5, everybody else in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, although I don't like them. But anywho, Janet is going to go in there. If you don't know her, all for love. That's the way love goes nasty together. What have you done for me, lady? All of those songs. Control, album. Um, Quest Love from The Roots in his social media post said, her exclusion had been highly criminal, and he cited her influence of her 1986 album Control, which he said set off the New Jack swing trend. Now, I had to think about this, but Quest is kind of right. When you talk about what have you done for me lately and um, um, Control, like those songs in that album, people were actually kind of mimicking that in the early 90s or the late 80s when New Jack Swing happened. You know, Teddy yeah. Riley, The Untouchables. That's what Teddy Riley, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nope, that was um, Janet Jackson's Control album. He said that I believe that it did mm. influence it. Now, I actually know a couple of producers who were in the middle of that, and I'll have to ask the question, but they, it really did come from that era. That. Really? You, I, you I don't know? I don't know. It didn't sound like the same. Yeah, it don't sound like the same swing to me, but maybe, maybe so. I don't know. 
Yeah, well, just just look, listen to what have you done for me lately in the, the the rhythm of that and New Jack Swing, like um, Teddy's Jam and Nasty and those songs. You'll see okay. that because here's how this works, Jay. I'll tell you on an inside part of music is that some of those producers worked with um, Jimmy Jam and Teddy Riley. I mean, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. So one of my friends yeah. who has unnamed credit on, you know, um, Johnny Gill's Rub You the Right Way, he was one of the producers in Untouchables who did a lot of the heavy D stuff back in the days. You know what I mean? But they, back then, or still now, the producer can pay off the other producers so that they get named credit and you don't get any. You still get a Grammy, but they paid them out. Michael Jackson paid Teddy Riley a million dollars a track and Teddy Riley's um, doesn't get royalties, it all goes to Michael Jackson's estate. It's very normal, and they, they're not complaining. So when you're young and you're in the business, sometimes the secondary producers don't get credit on there. They just pay them, and they get money in their royalties. I know that's a lot for music news. We shouldn't have did that today. Anyway, Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> called Kevin Hart's decision to step down from hosting the Oscars. He said, um, that's the Oscars' loss. So Jerry Seinfeld said Kevin is in a position because he's brilliant. He's a brilliant comedian to um, decide what he wants to do and doesn't have to step down, but he can. And when you look at the situation, who got screwed in the deal? I think Kevin's going to be fine, but finding another Kevin Hart is not going to be so easy. I was like, okay, big up Jerry Seinfeld. Right, because... The thing with Kevin Hart, they keep talking about the homophobic stuff that he said. He, In his stand-up, he said something about his son being gay when he was little or something. That was years ago, between 2000, I yeah. think it was 2009, 2011. But the Oscars yeah. also wanted Kevin Hart to delete stuff that he said about the Oscars in the past. Because you remember the Oscars So White stuff was going on around that time. So they wanted him, yeah. they're making it about the homosexual gay stuff, homophobic stuff. But what it really was yeah. is that the Oscars wanted him to get rid of the negative tweets about the Oscars, and he wouldn't do that either. Yeah. So shout out, yeah. shout out to him. Although he did, he did apologize later. Um, he said that he passed on the apology because he had addressed this several times. But you know how this goes. Yeah. You know, you can be Charlie Sheen, and they never apologize. For having coke in Vegas, or or you know, he never apologized for that, but they still hire him. Yeah, but. absolutely. All right, we have so, time for uh, one more, Jerome. One more, man. We have time for one okay. more story, brother. Well, really quickly, Robin Thicke Pharrell must hand over three point five million dollars to Marvin Gaye's family. If you remember the blurred lines royalty issue, they lost three years ago. They tried to appeal, and the same judge came back and said, affirmed the ruling that he made three years ago, and he broke down how much they have to pay. So Robin Thicke, Pharrell, and the Publixing Company um, is responsible for $2.9 million of the fine. Um, Thicke himself has to pay $1.7 million, and the remaining um, $3,557,000 uh, well, is coming from Pharrell and his Publixing Company. So, you know, wow. T.I., T.I. did not have to pay anything because they found in court that he did not invite and violate copyright infringement. But they have to pay. Well, wow. okay. Good stuff, man. 
As always, my main man. Good stuff. Appreciate you. All right, folks. It's time for final thoughts, and the man you just heard from is back on the mic again, Mr. Jerome Freeman. Final thoughts, sir. Well, I'm going to take my final thoughts and say this, because I didn't do a sensational story, but a man died okay. after getting stuck in a donation bin in San Antonio. So stop stealing during Christmas, and, you know, donation bins are not your friend. But he got stuck in there, and he died. Peace out. Have a good week. Wow. Appreciate you. Man, I guess the first and last word on the serious side, Mr. Elias, final thoughts. Well, as we mentioned earlier, the legendary singer Nancy Wilson has passed on. Look, folks, you know, appreciate your artists while you got them. Because, you know, some of these are treasured times that these, these people do, and they are very talented people. So, folks, treasure your artists. Don't forget them. I don't care how old they get. If you like going to see them and they're in concert, go and see them. Absolutely. You never know when that will be the last time. I hate the fact that I never saw Luther live. And look where we are now. My final thoughts are actually the final thoughts of my dear brother, Mr. Johnny D. He says, look, as always, the show was very informative. Although my commentary will be limited this morning, my desire to add value is first and foremost. He says, my brother, Jay, I hate you and your family had to directly had directly experienced living while black. Unfortunately, you were undoubtedly one of which one of many which experienced the deliberate racism within America on that day. As a hundred plus million children prepare themselves for the excitement of this holiday season and all the falsehoods associated with it, my prayer is one day America will replace the bitterness and in the sin of its heart with spirit of charity, hope and love. Hate makes you blind, love breaks your heart, and hope sets you free. Good words by my main man, Johnny D. Have a blessed week. And you have a blessed week as well, Johnny D., and I appreciate you saying what you said. And on that note, Mr. L.E.S., if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the J. Rao Show. I want to thank everyone for their thoughts and prayers. And I want to say, just have a very happy holiday. We'll see you next week. So for Vanessa, for for Kathleen, for our main man, Mr. Jerome Spree, Johnny D, and of course, Mr. Elias, I'm Jay Rouse. Have a great work week. And remember, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side. See you next week. <laughs>